Welcome to Tractionville. This is the podcast for companies that run on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White, along with Benj Miller. And together, Benj and I are here today with our very special guest, Danny McVitie, uh, who is the owner and founder of Lap of Love. So, Danny, welcome to Tractionville. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Well, so full disclosure, uh, Danny is a client of mine. Uh, who is in the beginning processes of implementing EOS uh, into her organization. And I think, you know, for our listeners, Danny, can can you just, you know, I mean, you, you went to medical school, you're a veterinarian. Did you know you were going to be an entrepreneur? You know, I, I if you would have asked me back then, I probably would have said yes. Um, just because I was raised by entrepreneurs. I had my first business when I was about 15. You know, I would take my, my miniature horses to little kids' birthday parties you know, so at a young age, I, I think the answer is that I, I learned that the, the return on, on my on my time was best spent by me doing it. You know, hmm. so in that sense, to me, an entrepreneur is someone that has a set of personality traits, not necessarily a job title. So, yes, I had those personality traits from from a, a, a young girl. And, and so when you went off, you went to undergrad and you went to medical school, veterinary school, was it always part of your plan that when you finished that you were going to sort of go out and hang your shingle or, or were you looking at maybe other avenues? I was a, a senior in veterinary school. We had, um, we only have one business class, which afforded us about four hours of business um, lecture <laughs> in, in all of veterinary school. And the lecturer actually asked the entire class, you know, who here wants to own a business one day? And I was one of the only ones that raised my hand. So I always had that in my own mind, but I, I did not Really, I could not have imagined going off and starting something that's completely new in the veterinary space. I did think that I would own a practice or own um, a larger clinic or something like that. Mm -hmm. But this was, I mean, this was just, you know, a, a matter of finding a good opportunity and just continuing to say yes to more opportunities that presented itself. So, so you started Lap of Love. Tell our listeners what Lap of Love uh, is. Yeah, gosh. So I was, um, Right when I graduated veterinary school, I did emergency medicine, which I loved and afforded me time with my family that I wanted and just kind of, you know, itched that, that adrenaline junkie kind of scratch that mm. I have. Um, so I loved it, but I, I found rapidly that I was tapping into some volunteer work that I did in undergrad for human hospice. And that volunteer work that, that I, I did for just a few months really shaped a lot of how I, how I found that I was practicing medicine, particularly in emergency, where people come in, they already know that their pet has a terminal illness. They just they just want a little bit of assistance over the next couple of days until family member gets in town or until they're ready for the euthanasia, um, you know, procedure. So that, it just kind of developed really organically. And I, this, this one particular woman came in and she asked me to leave her pet on her lap during the euthanasia. And it's a little bit different than what we're taught to do. We're, we're kind of taught to take them into the back and place an IV catheter. And that just ensures, you know, to, to a, a random medical standard that we're, you know, that, that we should be performing. But in reality, we can also make the procedure about the pet and the person. So mm. that's where the lap came from. You know, I knew I wanted love in there also. So lap of love. And it was just me for about a year. And I, I was newly out of that school. I started again, three months out of school and it just kept growing. And not only did it keep growing with the consumers, with the clients that were asking me to, 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 to do more and more, but also from veterinarians that, 
were calling me saying, how do I do what you're doing? This is Mm. so great. I've always wanted to do this. So there really wasn't, I mean, there were some people that were doing it kind of as one-offs, but no one that was dedicating themselves to doing this in the veterinary world, you know, as of 10 years ago. Wow. Trailblazer. So tell us where the business has gotten to at this point. So it was just me for about a year. And then I called my very good friend and classmate, Dr. Mary Gardner, um, about a year after I started. And when these other veterinarians started to call me and she was in software before she went to veterinary school. So I know she had the background. And um, that was one thing that my parents did that really skyrocketed their business was that they developed their own software system. This was 20, 30 years ago when they did it. Hmm. Um, But I knew that that software was going to help the business scale and was going to help reduce the time that I was spending post-appointment for for every single family that I was helping. So I was doing a lot of paperwork and the software could help with that. So um, her and I kind of geeked out over one weekend and just talked about it and what was possible and how to scale it. And we both kind of knew instinctually that having a software platform, something that could be a, a practice management software is what the industry calls it, um, that that was going to be able to replicate the model over and over again. So in the past, uh, nine years since we did that, we now have 120, almost 125 doctors that are working with us um, around the country. And then we have an additional about 80 uh, support staff. So a, a group of team that helps answer phones around the country, um, leadership team, marketing team. Um, and, and a lot of these teams have, have been from the, the help of Chris and EOS system that have really developed what everybody's structure is. So we've gone from just one doctor in Tampa to now over a hundred, you know, across the United States. So then, so as you're scaling and, and the model is growing and you're making these decisions, how were you introduced to EOS? Oh gosh, Chris, I saw you speak um, at a, an event. Um, actually, we were getting an award. It was one of the, the larger business awards. And you were speaking to the group of people that have won this award. And it was fascinating because we didn't actually, I didn't think that we needed it at the time. It's one of those things like you don't, you don't think that there's a problem in your company until you hear someone like you talk. And then you're like, oh, I don't have that. <laughs> I don't have that. I need that. And listening to you talk, you know, it, it wasn't that we had a problem to solve so much as I knew that so much more was possible mm. by bringing someone like you in. So we, you know, we were growing and I think that we had such a great team of people that knew their roles and we've all done, we've all done everything, you know, from licking stamps in the company to, you know, to to entering numbers in Excel spreadsheets. But listening to you, you talked about having a scorecard and what are the, the top three things that you need to know on a weekly basis that would just make you get out of your chair and need to change something. And, you know, how do you have every team work together and communicate properly such that everybody feels like they know what's going on in the company? And how do you have this one-year plan, three-year plan, 10-year plan, and that all your priorities are focused on achieving that plan? And it sounds so simple, but until you really think about it and think, are your priorities on a quarterly basis supporting the plan that you know is possible? And, oh, by the way, do you have that plan written down? Right. You know? So, again, we we weren't looking for it. It was just something that presented itself at the right time and and has really just uh, has has absolutely skyrocketed the business. I think going to employment bottle, switching from franchise and adding you guys are the two biggest kind of upticks in the business that we've experienced. So what is what are the changes? Talk us through now. Now you're you've got some EOS 
under under your belt. What is what does that look like? What are the the changes that you see of the business internally and externally? You know, I, I used to think that we had a good scorecard. We had Excel spreadsheets out, out the wazoo. You know, we always have. Um, I think the scorecard has been one of the one of the best things, and not the fact that we look at it on a weekly basis, but actually the fact that we set our priorities around it. Mm. Um, so, so EOS is, is, that's one of the main things that's brought in, but there's so many other, other small things. And I could sit here and tell you that I knew these things before I've read all the business books. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a business book geek. I love that stuff. <laughs> and, and I knew it all. Like, I know that you have to have the right person in the right seat, but until I had someone like Chris actually walk us through what that meant, you know, I hate to say that I actually didn't get it. I thought I did, but I didn't. So EOS brought this structure to the the company that I know the whole goal is that you eventually don't need an implementer, but we value the time out of the out of the office and the time that we sit down and really discuss our priorities all together. We all value that in in a, in a really really important way. So EOS is is you know at the end of the day if you were, you were going to ask me like the top three things that it brought. It brought a, a, an awareness of scorecard and an actual way of setting priorities that is meaningful and supportive to the company mm. and a way of non-judgmentally with what Chris calls radical candor, um, helping the team be the best that they can be. And if it's not the right place for them, do we have that discussion in a really open way? And I actually think that that's helped improve our entire team's communication and, and even keeping people on. That answer leads me to this next question. You know, the the, the whole premise of, of EOS is to increase discipline and accountability by using these simple, practical, holistic tools, right? And and they are easy, right? They're designed that way to be easy. The Talk to us, um, Danny, about the other side of the coin, which is the team health. What kind of impact, you know, as you, you're on your EOS implementation journey, what impact have you noticed uh, that EOS has had on your executive team's health? Yeah, and that's, that's such a good thing. I mean, you you know what we've been through all, all together. Um, I mean, before, you know, when we first met, you know, and my, my, my baby's in the background. He's only a few weeks old. <laughs> Congratulations. Yes. You can hear. Congratulations. Thank you. This is the work-life balance that everybody talks about. Um, I, before you came on, I was in every single meeting. Yeah. And I was... I was sitting in, in every meeting I was, um, you know, with every team and it was really getting to where I didn't have any additional time to, to do anything. You know, I was just in meetings all day and I wasn't actually doing any of the things that I, I should be focusing on and leading the visionary aspect of, of the company. So that's, that has been amazing. The rest of, you know, in, in that trickling it down to everybody else also identifying, like I said, what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing and, roles and functions and then helping everybody know how to delegate and delegate doesn't have to be a dirty word delegate doesn't have to be pushing off to somebody else it's how do you how do you delegate properly with good expectations so that the team is functioning in a really really healthy way and you know one of our executive team members um it was not the right fit as you know and it was a it was a healthy way to identify the reasons why it wasn't a healthy fit, and then what we do from there. Right. So, and when you say the health of the team, I think that that's the best word you can you can identify because it 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 really is it's about having that executive team cohesive and talking and communicative, 
and being able to say things without anybody getting tagged. And at the end of the day, having an executive team that knows their roles, knows when to butt in, and knows not when to butt in. Mm -hmm. And um, that's just been huge, Uh, like absolutely huge for us. Today's episode is sponsored by 90.io, N-I-N-E-T-Y dot I-O. 90 is a cloud-based collection of the essential business building and awareness tools you need to make running EOS easy. The clean and extraordinarily intuitive system includes every one of the tools you need to not only run EOS, but cascade it down and throughout your company. EOS is great, but implementing it throughout your organization can overwhelm even the best of us. Our friends at 90 are obsessed with making sure that every one of the EOS tools is simple to find, simple to use, and captures all the data your team needs to hit, an average of 90% of the rocks, measurables, and to-dos. For more information, you can visit www.90.io. I love your story, and I think when we think about getting out of meetings and delegating and, and freeing up a visionary to do what only they can do, you know, visionaries aren't like a, there's not a box around them that they all fit perfectly in this box. Uh, they are a weird breed, but there's lots of different, uh, yeah. I guess in your world, they might be called mutts. I'm not sure, but uh, so yeah, right. here's my question. And, and this isn't a, I'm not looking for a universal answer. I'm looking for a Danny answer. When you think about you perfectly sitting in that visionary seat, and you only have so much wind to blow into a sail. Where where do you uh, find that you can maximize your energy in the organization? What do you try to move toward putting your energy toward? Uh, I mean, reading the book Traction and understanding that whole it it really does say it perfectly. And and you're right. I mean, I'm not going to give you the typical answer. To me, it's about it is about continuing to blow the sails into the company because the people that are still with us that have been with us for 10 years, they constantly look to me for that. And it's keeping the the mission of why we were started in the first place, which is why everybody joins us, our whole entire team. They they join us because of the mission that we're on. And if, if I get too rigid into scorecards and if I get too rigid into, um, you know, the org charts and this is what we should be doing and here's our SOP for this and da da da. If I do that, then the, the heart of the company, that wind in the sales is not as strong as it needs to be. So EOS has helped us identify that because I shouldn't be doing any of that stuff. I have to be focused on on the, the, the visionary part of, of right. all of it because that is what keeps it going. That's right. So do you have a good integrator that you've delegated those other things to? Well, that's what we're working on. So right right now, I think we have a whole bunch of people that, that kind of help play that role. I'm in that seat in the accountability chart. And, and Chris has helped me get out of the other seats that I was in. And so now I can focus on, on being the visionary. I still play a bit of the integrator role, but we are looking to fill that position in, in the next year. That's, yeah. that's an exciting part of the journey. So you mentioned that you are a business book junkie. You got to tell me, what are your favorites? Non-EOS, non-traction, what, what are your go-tos that you would recommend? Okay, absolutely. So there, there's one that I highly recommend for anybody that is wanting to start a company, and it's called Ready, Fire, Aim by Michael Masterson, I believe. And it's all about, you know, ready. So get yourself ready. Know your product. Fire. Actually do it. You know, implement what you want. Try to find what sells. What products do, do your, your customers, not someone else's customers, your customers actually want. And then you aim. 
So I think, you know, particularly when people come to you for business ideas, so many people think that they need to have a, an elaborate business plan and all this stuff before they actually know what sells, <laughs> you know, before they actually know what their company's going to be doing. The Ready Fire Aim is one of my favorites. Um, over the years, I've kind of gotten into some of these by um, uh, Lencioni, I think his name is, Patrick sure. Lencioni. Yep. Oh, yeah. So five, yeah, five temptations of his CEO. That one was really, really good. Um, there's other ones that may not be exactly business oriented, but um, uh, the uh, the Four Agreements is one of my all time yes. favorite books. Yeah, that's a good and one. I actually, yeah, we actually gave it to every single person in the entire company about three years ago, nice. and everyone loved it. So it's it's little principles like that that are almost just human principles, not necessarily business principles, that have um, have been very very helpful just to me, and then of course to the company over the years. Hmm. Which tool? If, if somebody was like, what are the mm -hmm. tools, but you could only tell them one, yeah. uh, obviously mm -hmm. we go all in, we want them all, but which one made the biggest impact to your business? The level 10 meetings all the way level 10 meetings. It is, it, it is a weekly reminder of what you're doing, what you're working on, how it's going, checking in accountability. Mm -hmm. It was just, it's hands down the thing that we all, and, and ironically, we, like, I think the first one that I did, I scored it like a three, you know, and everybody else was actually a little bit higher, but I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not, cause we actually, I kind of liked our meeting platform before, but as we added in the level 10 meeting, it was just so obvious how it worked and, and why it worked. It was just so obvious. Yeah. It's funny. We, we, when we teach, you know, EOS and that specific tool, the level 10 agenda, you know, I always tell people, look, people are going to fight it the first 30 days, but after that, they're going to fight for it. That's so right. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. And, it, and and everybody else scored it a little bit higher than I did. The funny thing, you know, but it, it, it was just, it, it makes such a world of difference. It's incredible. Absolutely. That's great. Danny, we like to end with the same two questions for all of our guests. So the first question is your life is very intentional, as you've said, what's the most unproductive, but life-giving thing that you do? What's the most unproductive, but life-giving thing? You know, this is going to sound weird, but honestly, I think spending time with, with my kids when they were really young in mm. the moment feels very unproductive. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can say that to people that, that work, you know, in the moment, it feels very unproductive, but I have older kids and then I have an, an infant right now. And when you talk about life-giving, that's the definition of life-giving, mm. you know, is investing in, in the people around you, even when it doesn't feel productive in the moment. Yeah. Um, and I think kids is probably one of the better examples of that. Of course, with your team is the same way, you know, maybe it seems like, oh, I have to deal with this one more petty thing or I have to deal with this one more yada yada. But even this morning walking out of the office and one of the team members, you know, me in her office and wanted to share a couple things and in the moment it 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 seems like oh gosh I have so much more to do but she gave me the biggest hug at the end and thank you so much and I know it's going to be so much more productive for her mm -hmm. knowing that we had that conversation that's good that's powerful and what's one piece of advice you'd leave us with for our Tractionville community as, as people are, are building their business? What's, what's the one thing that you say, Hey, everybody, if you're not doing this, do it. If you're doing this, stop it. What would you tell them? Mm -hmm. I would say you have to learn the, the, the level 10 meeting agenda, but right, second to that, you know, I've heard a lot of, a lot of like, I'm on a CEO forum and, and a lot of the, um, the other executives that I've talked to are doing traction, but quote on their own. Mm 
And the value that Chris has brought, sorry, Chris, it sounds like a shameless plug, but it's me doing it. He'll take it. I I, I promise you didn't ask me to say this, but I, I honestly, I honestly believe that having an implementer has been one of the biggest, um, it's been worth his weight in gold, but he, and Chris weighs a lot. So that's a lot of gold. (laughs) So, so, you know, we uh, just this past Wednesday, I actually did our first rock forming meeting myself. And I talked with Chris before and had him walk me through the process of how to do it. And, and, and I think we did an okay job, but we did not do it anywhere near as powerfully and holistically as we do with Chris. So for anybody that's just trying to do traction on their own or just getting into it, the having an implementer has been absolutely life changing. It probably would have taken us five years of doing it on our own to get to where we got in about six months mm. with an implementer. I agree. So true. So true. It's been awesome to have you on the show. Thank you. Where can people find out about your business? Yeah. So um, our website is lapoflove.com and we have all of our locations on there and and, um, and a lot of information too. So not just about actually needing our service in the moment, but if, if somebody is facing that in the next year or two, great Good. resources. Great. Great. Tractionville, thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you rate us, subscribe, and as always, share with a friend. We would love to also hear your ideas. You can share them with us at tractionvillepodcast.com. And we release an episode every Tuesday. So we'll see you next week for Tractionville Tuesday. Tractionville.